1: This week, we're featuring award-winning writer and editor, Kim Singletary, who's been the managing editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine since its launch in 2014. Today, we're going to talk about the top 10 business stories of last year and the executives of the year featured in this month's issue of the magazine. Kim, welcome to the podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Rich. Weird being on the other end.
1: (laughs) So last week, another one of our colleagues interviewed me, and now I'm interviewing you, we well, now we have to make sure we interview her at some point so we can just complete the circle.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. With COVID, I think that's where we're stuck now. We're just going to interview each other <laughs>
1: <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Um, yes. All right. So we we want to talk about the you know this the top, the top ten stories of last year. I realize we are obviously looking ahead to 2022 and and what those mean uh, for the new year. So, but let's look back a little bit and and just talk about the top 10 stories of 2021. What's your process? How do you pick the stories? What goes into it?
0: We started doing this actually in 2017, around there. We started in 2014. Around 2017, we started this whole, um, you know, kind of a look back in our December issue. And what we do is we just basically do exactly that. We look back at all the magazines for that year, Um, we look at all the the stories that have gone on the web, you know, 24-7. Now we're looking at obviously the podcasts that we've done and things like that. And we just kind of see what were the big hitters, what were the ones that really made um, a splash. And, um, and then we, we break those all down. So it's 10 every, every year. And then following that is always in January, our executives of the year and that the, the big, the big kind of, uh, uh when there is this the CEO of the year every year. We've had all the all the big names that you'd think of um uh so far. But we're we're keep we keep adding.
1: Right. So I guess it makes sense. The stories of the year lead to the execs of the year and then the execs of the year lead lead to the CEO of the year.
0: <laughs> Sometimes they're yeah, they're usually pretty related. Um but not always. But yeah, but this year we we looked at a lot of things. There, there's uh, obviously COVID was you know, and continues to be a huge, huge issue. And then we had the hurricane as well. Um, So we kind of took those out of the running as as kind of the absolute obvious big stories and then went with the ones that, um, that somewhat relate to that. But there was a lot of really good positive news when we actually started looking back.
1: All right. So the result of all that work here is the top 10 stories of the year. I've got them in front of me. I think we should count them down i'm gonna i'm gonna set you up with the first <laughs> one. Let's talk about number ten, which is this is not a good news story, but it's just the fact that hospitality industry has been struggling for almost two years now because of the pandemic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that and what that means.
0: Yeah, we did a really big feature on that a few months ago, and it obviously being felt around the city, we're a huge tourism. City, and we're known for our food. That's our thing. And so it was, it was a huge, huge hit. And we we lost a lot of big ones. We lost K Paul's Louisiana Kitchen, and in my neighborhood, DTB, and MoBar, and Gasa and a, a whole bunch of, I mean, they kind of unfortunately kind of keep coming. Um, but then in the summer, in this past summer, we started to see a bit of a rebound. Um, and people were excited, and that COVID had died down a bit. And, and we were hearing from a lot of restaurant owners that that they were excited that things were starting to come back. And then, of course, it all went sideways again. And then we had the vaccine and the mask mandate. And um, what we were hearing is, you know, that was kind of a double blow, um, both with people not coming into restaurants and then losing um, restaurant workers from the mandates as well. So it's just been a lot of hits. And then, of course, you know, August came and then we had a – Ida. So it, it's just been one blow after another. And so I, I don't think that was a surprise that 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 was one of our, our big, big stories of the year.
1: It sounds like a lot of the restaurant owners that, that we talk to say the big problem now is they've got demand, but they don't necessarily have the workforce or even the, the supplies they need to meet that demand.
0: Yeah. I mean, unlike the hurricane, COVID is worldwide. And so we're not the only ones being hit. So they're trying to get stuff the same as everybody else is trying to get stuff. So we got both things coming together and and really kind of a perfect storm. Right. And I think a lot of
1: people will be looking at
0: that story in the
1: coming years just because of, or in the coming year, because of how important the hospitality industry is to the city's economy overall.
0: Yeah. I mean, we do have a ton of restaurants for our population. And so, you know, some of that was bound to happen, but but it's especially hard when it's some that, you know, you really got attached to over the years and, and some really big ones that were, were hard to see go.
1: For sure. For sure. So we're pulling for everybody. Right, okay. So next on this countdown, we have the healthcare care consolidation. Talk talk us about what that means and why that story made the list.
0: Healthcare always makes a list in some way, shape, or form. Um, as part of our diversification of our economy, healthcare has been a big part of that. So, Oshner, big partnership with Rush in Mississippi, Rush Health Systems. So that was a that was a big news item. And then LCMC finalizing the East Jefferson purchase, and that included an investment of a hundred million dollars over the next five years in East Jeff. So both of those big healthcare titans keep on growing and obviously we're in a, a healthcare issue right now so that's going to just keep going you're going to keep seeing those names more and more
1: right it almost feels like every at every street corner now i see either an lcfc or or Ashner facility
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, and that'll continue the story number
1: 8 is the promised over at the dormant 6 flag site what's going on there
0: that's one of those things that's been going on for a really long time that finally came to fruition this year that was one of our good news stories so since 2009 we've been battling with that 227 acre property out in new orleans east and um just trying to find something to fit there and obviously like you know drew Brees was got a lot of attention for putting out an idea out there that, that got some traction um but ultimately, it came down to one of our, actually, our executives of the year. It was um, Bayou Phoenix that won out, and they've got a lot of good ideas there. It's One of the big players is Troy Henry, a local entrepreneur. So it's going to include a lot of things. It's going to be a mix of um, entertainment and residential and using that I-10 rail off of there, a hotel, a travel center, a water park. All of those things are, are in the in the list of ideas of things that are going to go there. So, but hopefully we're going to start to see some movement on that. Um, Dr. Calvin Mackey is another person we've talked about quite a bit in biz. Um, His STEM NOLA um, is going to find a home there. So a lot of hopefully exciting things that'll really energize that area of the city.
1: Again. Yeah. So people uh, all begin to see some, some investment and some action in that, in that part of town. Story number seven there's a new tech company in town. This is a big global company that chose New Orleans. Can you talk about the debut of Jeff Sprain's new company in New Orleans?
0: Yeah, and this one, actually, you did for us. <laughs> You'll know. You know all <laughs> about this as well. I can talk to you about this. Um, but this is, uh, you know, a big West Coast person that decided to bring um, his his company here, and that's you know, partly credited to to our tax credit program here, that that's their whole goal is to get these big companies to come out here. And the big deal about that is that it's bringing jobs that kind of unlike tourism, these are really well-paying jobs. Um, They average a hundred thousand a year. So this is what we need. We need to have more of not only more jobs, but more jobs that really pay. And um, they're talking about 75 new jobs um, with that hundred thousand dollar average salary. Um, and so that's a that's a big you know, Governor Edwards called it a, a game changer for video game development in Louisiana. And that's again a, a big part of trying to diversify our economy, um and, and going into areas that are gonna continue to grow, which is definitely gaming.
1: It's a game changer, no pun intended.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, that's fun. And then you get, you know, you tend to get younger people coming in for that. And, and, and so it just kind of, you know, can hopefully keep going and and bring in a, a, those good jobs and those younger people and um, just drawing from all over the place.
1: So there was story number six in the wake of Hurricane Ida. There There was an interesting battle between energy and city council. What can you tell us about that?
0: So we're unique in that our city council actually um, regulates our power company. It's usually done at the state level. Um, but that's been a bit of a battle um, even before Ida. Um, we're, we're dealing with an infrastructure that's very old here. Um, and, you know, the idea is that Entergy was not has not been doing what they need to do to keep up with with the demands and going into the future, and so there's there's definitely been a battle back and forth. We haven't heard anything about what's going to happen with that, so that's kind of something that we're going to continue to to stay on and and see what's going on but it's it's a big i mean they're they're a huge uh Company, so we don't we don't want to lose them, I don't think, but um but you know we're trying to to get what we need as a city and have that kind of reliable infrastructure which helps us bring in new businesses, so we'll just have to see what happens on that end
1: absolutely, and it seems in in other places where major investments have been made in the grid, one of the issues that has to be dealt with is who pays for it, and so I know there's a lot of concern about. Whether ratepayers will have to pay for some or all of that, and those are all the types of questions that we're going to be looking at in the years to come.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and the argument is that you know we do have low rates compared to a lot of the country, but we also have a lot of poverty here as well, and we have a lot of people where even those lower rates are, you know, they're really struggling. So we're going to have to look, we're going to have to look at all of that.
1: For sure. Now, story number five is about a company that's <laughs> pun intended bet big on New Orleans. Caesars Entertainment is going all in. Let's talk about some of the ways in which that is evidence.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, obviously anybody who's seen the Superdome knows that that name change went into <laughs> effect a little while ago. Um, and so we are no longer Mercedes-Benz. Now we are Caesars Superdome. And um, and that's a really exciting thing. Um, that's a 20-year naming, right? So they're going to be up there for quite a while. And But even more so than that, um, that came along with a $325 million um, package there and renovations. And anybody who's been downtown, um will see that that's already underway. Um, includes a, a huge 340-room hotel. It's going to include a, a live theater. And it's just, it's a really big project for Caesars. And so it's a big deal that they've chosen New Orleans as a home for that. And so even though our tourism is struggling now, I think we're setting ourselves up for for some happier days ahead and to be a real a real draw. And you'll see them as a an even bigger player in our downtown area. Story number
1: four of the year is Real estate standing on shaky ground. This is a tale of two cities because the residential side of things is still booming. But let's talk about uh, the state of real estate in 2021.
0: Yeah, like you said, the residential is good. Um, actually, the the money was up 13% over 2020. So it, it just keeps growing, which is good. <laughs> it's good for people who bought a house. I bought a house, so that's great. I want to see it keep going. But definitely a seller's market still. Uh, multifamily also did really well. Um, you have rising rents. And then the industrial side of Things the warehousing, manufacturing, logistics, because of our e-commerce boom, everybody shopping online and stuff. You've got um, all of that doing really well on this end as well. What's not doing well, and not surprisingly, is some of the retail that didn't make it through. You've got some of that brick and mortar, and then restaurant closures too. So. And then an office space. Obviously now it's all the the Omicron stuff as well. We we don't have people working in offices like we used to. We may never be at that level again. And so, you know, some of that office space is is up for grabs now and people are doing some more remote and so you'll see some, some more of that I'm sure continue. Um, and then hotel occupancies of course are were down on that end too, about to about fifty percent the last year. So some good and some bad.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the pressure on office and retail will play out in the coming years. I'm wondering if you'll start seeing creative uses for some of those properties that may have less demand.
0: Yeah, and then we've got those co-working spaces, too. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think people do enjoy some of the freedom of, of working remotely, but you do still have to get together and you still have to meet people. And so that it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out going forward.
1: For sure. Okay, so number three story. Uh, it's funny. The other night I was on my front porch and I trucks pull up the neighbor's house, unload tents and tables and start putting food out and people with uh, headsets and talkies and, and it was like this inc- all of a sudden for like four hours there's just chaos across the street. And as soon as it all set up, it was gone again it was uh, somebody shooting a scene for for some streaming series the New Orleans film industry is doing again.
0: Yeah, and that, like what you just described, can be kind of analogous to the whole industry. A lot of times the film industry comes in somewhere, um, they do the tax credits, and then as soon as those disappear, they're gone just as fast. So they kind of can swing into places and then swing out again, but we um, are lucky that they're here. And they're actually they're doing a lot more filming or have been in 2021 than they have um, maybe since the beginning. But it, it's the quarter third by the third quarter last year, we had it had brought in seven hundred and fifty three million dollars just into the city of New Orleans. Um, we are now the fourth largest film um, uh, mecca in the in the country behind, obviously, Louise, uh, the other L.A., uh, Los Angeles. New York and Atlanta, um, and Atlanta. it's doing well. You're going to see, oh, yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Um, <laughs> you're going to see a lot more of those yellow signs everywhere. Um, the COVID demand for contact uh, content, anybody realizes that they've been stuck on Netflix for a couple years now, um, trying to watch everything on there. It, it, it's um, There's a huge demand for content, and so there's a huge uh, filming industry that's trying to respond to that. And we can we've got a really good little group, you know, built up here where we've got we can crew about 95 percent of the um, of the projects that come here. And we're getting a really good reputation for that and and for being, you know, the friendly people that we are and easy to work with. And um, and Louisiana can play a lot of different roles um, without even realizing it's Louisiana. And we've got the weather. We don't have the snow to deal with. Um, so there it's. So we've got a lot of positives there, and and that film industry is is really fun, and it, and it really gets us out there too. You know, people come here now to see where some of their you know favorite TV shows were filmed and and movies were filmed. So, um, you know, coming from California, I, I'm very familiar with that industry, and and but it's fun to see it out here. Um, and you know, and the, you see the stars walking around sometimes, and and they don't get hit up like they do in in LA, and um, so I think they enjoy it too. They enjoyed being out here. It's a little more relaxed. It's uh it's a different different LA.
1: Yeah, I've always heard that New Orleans is is known for leaving celebrities alone.
0: Yes. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's that same lazy attitude where it's like, "Oh yeah, hey, I see that person," you know. And um, it, but it's not they don't get harassed <laughs> like they do. You don't right. see the paparazzi, you don't see all of that. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they enjoy it. And that's great. Cause if they enjoy it, then they're going to push to have projects come back. And like we had Will Smith, um, as that, you know, hit big news and he helped, uh, he took care of our, our fireworks this past year and
1: <laughs> that's it, right. it,
0: it, it's kind of fun. It's, it's, and then, like I said, it gets, it gets our name out there. You know, it gets us out there and, um, gets people to come here
1: every few years, those tax credits have to be reevaluated. And it always feels like there's pressure from some in Baton Rouge to discontinue them. And obviously when that happens, it slows the production down. But uh, yeah. right now we're in a, in, a, in a good phase where the credits are in place and the, the cameras are rolling and the economic benefits are, are visible.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have people weighing in from all over the state when it comes to those tax credits. And and they do, you tend to see more filming here and in Baton Rouge and not as much in the other areas. So they might not be as for it as as we are. Um, But um, and then you had, you know, the threat of the strike this year, too. Um, So it's that's a moving target as well. But hopefully those that that filming continues, because I think it's, it's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for our city.
1: Okay, so let me just review the eight stories we just mentioned. Were the were the hits to the hospitality industry because of the pandemic, healthcare consolidations, the Six Flags potential redevelopment, the global video game development studio that moved to New Orleans, city council versus energy battle, Caesar's Entertainment coming uh, betting big on New Orleans, the just the overall state of the real estate industry. And then the uh, record year for film production in New Orleans. Now I think we should uh, tease people uh, or send people to uh, bizneworleans.com to see to see the the top two business stories of the year. So let's talk a little bit about the people that made your your top execs list.
0: Yeah. Um. So we have uh, we have some people that were connected. Um. If if there's somebody through our stories that. That really stands out then obviously they end up in our execs of the year list um and so this year there was a few of those so uh dan real he's the regional president for caesars entertainment um for this region so he's he was on our list as as definitely somebody that people should know um and you know in in the article he was just talking about you know really praising the city and and why caesars wants to be here and how committed um the company is to the state so um, but definitely somebody, a, a face and a name you should know. Um, another one connected to our stories was uh, Troy Henry. He's the managing partner at Henry Consulting. And he, um, he was at that Six Flags project. Um, Bayou Phoenix is made up of Henry Consulting, TKTMJ, and Hillwood. Um, they're the ones that are, are one that bid for the Six Flags project. So he's on there as well. Um in the healthcare, in another side of things, um, we had uh, John Nickens. He's been actually one of our new and notables uh, a few years ago when he first came on the job. And he's the president and CEO of Children's Hospital. And they um, are just finishing a huge renovation, $300 million expansion project. Um, in, they finished that this, this past year in 2021. That added 230,000 square feet of new clinical care space to the area. Um so he's obviously on there, a great guy. Um let's see. We had um on the biotechnology side, uh somebody out of our bioinnovation center, um Dr. Trivia Fraser. Her company, um Obatala is really exciting on that end. They do um I'm gonna, I might mess this up because I'm not a super scientific person, but but what they do is um it, it, they're kind of revolutionizing how you test uh, drugs Um, specifically for them they're working a lot in obesity diabetes and cancer drugs Um, they uh, found a way to do uh, tissue engineering um, so that you know companies can test their drugs on on the tissue that these that they create Um, and so it's she's gotten a lot of attention she was also part of the um, she was the co-chair of the group that um, helping to decide how the COVID-19 relief funds will be spent in New Orleans. Um, so another big reason to know her. Um, let's see. We had uh, Max Swetman. So on the legal side of things, he's a managing partner at MG&M. Um, he was, um, had a, a kind of a rare specialty in all of this COVID stuff. So he's been helping companies deal with the legal ramifications of all of that. He has a master's in public health and epidemiology. So he's been helping companies throughout the country. Um, but he's located here in New Orleans. Um, Larissa Littleton-Steib, she is with she's the chancellor at Delgado. And you may have seen her face and name out a lot um, this past year because Delgado celebrated their 100th anniversary in 2021. Um, and then they just keep rolling with with all of the workforce uh They've got a, they opened up a $9.3 million uh, advanced technology center on the West Bank campus this past August. Um, They've got their nursing program um, uh, that broke ground, um, their nursing school, the Oshner Center for Nursing and Allied Health. Um, And let's see, oh God, they had a lot of stuff going on. Um, But she's only been there since 2019. So she kind of came in at the start of all of this, pretty close to the start of all of the pandemic stuff. So she's been been um, really doing gangbusters over there. And uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Let's see if, we, if that's all of our people. That takes me to our CEO <laughs> of the
1: year. Yeah, I mean, because you usually have a CEO of the year, but this year – you have a split prize
0: this year we had for the first time three ceos of the year um I, we're going to stop there we're not going to have any more than three ever
1: um <laughs> but it was
0: basically a, a a three-way tie and um we called them our tech titans um and they were because of the startup that you know the the exits this year were pretty amazing um and starting in january with turbosquid for 75 million and then it just kind of kept going up then we had level set for 500 million um, in the fall and then I think it was that was I think September and then maybe a month later I believe was lucid for the big what? unicorn for 1.1 1. 1 billion um so it just as soon as we thought we had our CEO of the year the next one <laughs> popped up and
1: um, <laughs>
0: so we decided to just honor all three of them because it's all three of them are huge wins for our startup sector. This is something we've been talking about I believe since um Biz started in 2014. This has always been uh the goal of of organizations like Propeller and um Idea Village and the work that GNO Inc has been doing and and um New Orleans Business Alliance and everybody's been trying to work towards getting this these big wins. Um we we're such a good state for getting you know, starting a business and getting off the ground. But as far as getting to that next level and getting those really big wins and that unicorn level status, um, it's been a long time coming and we finally got that. And I'm so excited for lucid. Um, Patrick Comer has been a huge force in the entrepreneurial community. He's, you know, a new Orleans entrepreneur week. I think he's, I think I see his name every year. Um, as just, you know, a huge cheerleader and supporter of the, the organization all the organizations um, that are involved. And so it's exciting to see these big wins and, and that, you know, a lot of them, uh, at least I think a couple of them are, are keeping those jobs here in the city. And we're talking about hundreds of jobs um, for each of them. Uh, And hopefully that will just continue. And, and they were being bought out like Shutterstock. There's a big name right there. Um, We're getting attention from some big, big companies and big names and, um, and these exits are just—that's where we want to be. We want to be known for that level. That'll bring in the investors and even more and the attention that we need. So, so all three of those—we got Patrick Comer, we got Matt Wisden, we got Scott Wolfe um, Jr. All three of them are on the cover, and that's super exciting.
1: It really was exciting to see that happen, especially uh, during the pandemic. It means cash coming back into the local economy. And also what it does is it makes it easier to sell New Orleans as a viable startup location now for these companies that are looking for a, a not West Coast base of operation. So it really could mean good things for the future.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, as somebody who was, I was based on the West Coast and then we came this way. Louisiana has a lot of benefits, you know, and a lower cost of living is huge among that. And, um, you know, but we still have our our amazing airport. We can still get anywhere you want to be. Um, it it's not hard to get young people, I would assume down here to say, "Hey, you know, do you want to move to New Orleans? That's pretty it's pretty cool." Um, so I, I think you'll see more of the tech stuff um come down. Obviously, we have got the tax credits that help that out as well. So, um, but the investors, that's where we've we've kind of struggled with getting those those big investors to to come down and take notice, and um, and I think these these big wins are really going to help with that.
1: Nice, and also uh, I should note that the uh, the black and gold unicorn T-shirt that Patrick Comer is wearing on the cover of this <laughs> month's issue is is a must-have. I got to go find that. That is um, cool. Yeah, it's great. So he um, had so, that made. <laughs> so that's that's a look at this current issue. The execs of the year, obviously, we kind of gave away what the top story was we didn't necessarily give away the 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 number two story so people can go to businessneworleans.com to look at that and to see everything here that 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 you've uh, written and edited but i guess my last question is as as you look at all the information we just shared and you project into 2022 what makes you feel worried about the new orleans economy like you know we all should be uh from time to time and what makes you feel optimistic about where things are going
0: yeah i mean i think with all of the COVID stuff continuing, we're going to still, I mean, unfortunately uh, hospitality tourism is going to take a hit for a while. Um, Hopefully that will bounce back again in the summer. The stuff that I'm reading is, is like, this is going to be kind of cyclical, like kind of like colds and flus are, that we'll have a better time in the summer um, and they'll hopefully be able to bounce back. It's just being able to last that long um, for some of these companies. So, Um, that's kind of, that's good. And, but when, 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 the tourism does open back up, we've got the big four seasons, we've got Caesars, we've got a whole bunch of, you know, uh, new hotels downtown that are people who come here are going to, you know, have a lot of fun and they're going to, they're going to have a lot that's going to greet them when they get here. So, um, I think that's good. I think, um, I hope that the tech stuff continues. Um, I mean, three big exits in one year is pretty huge. So, I mean, if we can build off of that and, and keep that going, I think that's great as well. The film business hopefully continues. entergy uh, hopefully gets worked out. Um, you know, it's uh, – we got a lot of stuff going on. Six Flags, we hope we will see some movement on that. Um, you know, more video game companies. Just – The whole goal is just to diversify and to not be you know just tourism and oil and gas um, because we've seen that 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 can be a problem um so just moving forward just seeing all of those different industries really pick up and um i think will be a great thing for our city
1: kim singletary thank you for being a guest on today's podcast (laughs) weird being on the other end
0: but thank you thanks for listening to another episode of biz talks if you like what you hear each week don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media at biz new orleans for more information or to contact us please visit biz slash biz talks